we praise God because of who he is. He's done a lot for us. Okay. Have blessed us coming and going. Amen. He's always been there when we were between a rock and a hard place. Right, He's always been our wheel in the middle of a wheel. Right, Just right. keep on turning and keep on helping us no matter what. He's always been our provider in our time of need. Right. But even in the midst of all those reasons, right. the main reason that I love to praise him it's not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. Because he is the almighty God. Because cherubims and seraphims and because high orders of angels, the 20 and 4 elders, do nothing but praise him all day and all night because who he is. And when we understand who God is, then that just gives more strength to what he does. But first, we got to know who he is. And I like the text this morning that was so ably read by Brother Keelan, because in that text, it says you, we, we just need to fear God because of who he is, because he is our God. He is our savior and he is our master. We realize that the. Uh, 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 the vacation time is, is still in full swing and another group have gone to vacation and another group on their way back from vacation. And we thank God for that. I saw several people this morning told me we're on our way to Williamsburg. We're on our way to this place and that place. Amen. Go get some rest. Because when you get back, September's almost here. It's almost time to get back to school and get back to the jobs. And we're just thankful to God for having those resources at our hands. I want to say and ask us to continue to pray for um, those who are struggling and those who are hurting. Um, I, while I was down in Orlando with me and my family, and we did have a, a great time down there, but we got a lot of phone calls from individuals who had lost loved ones, individuals who have gone through emergency, uh, life-threatening surgery, individuals who have been going through great struggles, and we just ask God to, to pray for them. Uh, we definitely want to uh, pray for the Parker family. As you know, many of you may not know, but Terry Parker has passed away. He passed away on last Monday, um, and we're just praying for that family. Um, and the, the, the hard thing uh, about him passing was he was due to give his daughter away that Saturday for marriage. Um, and that threw a lot of uh, things into that whole dynamics and whole situation. And because of the uh, great expense that they put into the wedding and the great expense that they put into the honeymoon and the trips and everything, the family decided to continue on with that and do the funeral when she returns back from, from the marriage of uh, the honeymoon. So pray for that family because, you know, death is just so unexpected. And, 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 and before we start judging them about why they, how, well, I wouldn't have did that and everything, you, uh, uh, we're going to let God be God and let them be the family. Amen? And we're just going to support them and, and pray for them and, and just love them. Is that all right? Amen. So I pray for that family as they take care of what they need to take care of. I've been working with them over the phone and, and making some arrangements. And the arrangements are not clear yet. They're not really set in stone, but we will get back uh, to you as soon as possible. Um, and we, we know it's going to be around the 20th sometime, 18th, 19th, 20th, or something like that. But we'll get back with you on that. And then we got another phone call. Um, the husband of Sister uh, Tony Metz, Daryl Metz, Brother Daryl Metz, um, had a heart attack, a major heart attack. Uh, uh, and, and he was given a less than 40% chance of survival. But God is able. Amen. 
he's able. And um, he made it through the surgery. The doctor said in his 20 plus years of performing surgeries, that was the worst he's ever seen. But no one's going nowhere till God says so. God can do anything he wants to do. And, and so he has survived, and we're so thankful for the family, and, and he's recovering, and, and they, got, they got him up and walking, because you know, when they do those heart surgeries now, that next day, they want you up and walking around as soon as possible to get you back. So um, we wanna, just want to pray for the whole Mets family, that God will first want to thank God for what he's done, and then ask God to be with them as he makes a recovery, a full recovery uh, for the family. Is that all right? Um, and pray for, we also, as you guys have known, um, our, our, our sister, Good, the Goodman family, suffered also a crisis in that family with the uh, whole police shooting. And we just want to pray for them that God would continue to be with them and continue to bless them as well. Is that all right? Because we got a God that hears and answers prayers. And if you doubt that, wait until it's your time. When you've shown enough prayer, I ain't, I'm talking about, I ain't talking about a general prayer. I'm talking about when the world is coming in on you and you're God's child and you have nowhere else to go but heaven. And then you'll see, just like all of us who've been there have seen, that our God is a prayer answering God. We want to thank God to, a lighter note, we want to thank God for, uh, and I want to thank the congregation for your great support on last Sunday of the disaster relief uh, mission. Uh, coming in and hearing Brother Castile speak to the congregation about all the wonderful things that the mission is trying to do to get the Church of Christ name out there that not only do we care about the spirit, but we know that we got to take care of your body as well. So we have organizations that send trucks all over this country, floods and fires and, de and, and, and devastation, hur hurricanes and typhoons and all these other things. We have uh, members who are on the ground to go out to these locations and be a blessing to those who are in harm's way. And I tell you, you give them a cup of water to drink, they're ready to hear the gospel. So we got to make sure that we're about that business. And thank you for the $2,500 we raised to give to that organization. Is that all right? To give to them, to tell them that we stand with you. And I know Brother Castor told you that we are one of the docking spots. That if something happens in the Baltimore Metropolitan, Hartford County area, um, we're there. The trucks will come here, and then we'll get busy helping our neighbors and our friends. Is that all right? Um, also, we want to thank God for yesterday. Went down into the sand town area of town. Uh, we're going to let Brother uh, Worley give you the details of that. I just want to say it was good to see everybody on, uh, on, on pictures as you were down there working. I'll tell you, this technology is something else. I'm home and pictures just flying up. Bloom, 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 bloom. I tell you, I, I tell you what, man. Don't be down there doing, don't be picking your nose or nothing. Boom, got you up there. <laughs> That's all. Everybody gonna know, I tell you. And it was so good to see so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming out and seeing this big sign says, the Church of Christ is planting seeds. And it just does so much to let them know that we are here not only to hear truth, but go live truth. So be thankful to God for that, Brother Worley. We give you the details on all those other things and, and how, how that played out. But we thank God for you as well. And uh, also, we want to thank God for a baptism we had last Sunday. Amen? Amen. Got Brother Chris Woodard. Brother Chris, where Chris at? Can't hear Chris Woodard. 
obey the glorious gospel of Christ. We have a, well, we're going to get his baptismal certificate, and we will greet and we will meet him and thank God for adding him to the family. Uh, and last but not least, all of you who are ready to get busy, to get your hands rolled up and get out there in missions, who are now, right now, you're in the, 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 the evangelistic class that we got muscle in the shovel, getting you trained and getting your spiritual muscles ready to go out into the world and to help out in missions. We're also sponsoring another thing we want to do through the Northeast Baltimore Bible Institute and College, and that is we're going to have a class this fall that's called Scheme of Redemption. And if you've taken that class, it's already blessed you. Amen. Amen. But if you have not, this will be a free class. For everyone who want to audit it, you want to come audit it, get this information, come on. The class, now you got to buy the book now. The book is $12. You got to buy the workbook. My goodness. He said free. No, you got to buy the workbook. Buy the workbook, $12, but the class itself is free. Uh, if you want to take it for a uh, level two or level three, which is for college credits, you have to pay the regular college credit rate, but for auditing, it's free, and you get the same information. So come on, get ready to go out there and learn about the scheme of redemption so when you talk to your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, your kinfolk, you'll have this great information to be able to answer their questions with a Bible answer. Is that all right? And that's going to take place October the 1st, 2016. Brother Clinton Miles uh, will be teaching a good teacher. He's an evangelistic, evangelism specialist. And he's going to come. He's going to teach that class. So we're putting a sign-up sheet out there on the table. or see Sister Annetta Craig, and she'll get your information. And you're going to sign the list, and you'll be ready to roll when you sign that list. Amen? Amen. Now, let me say this before I move on. Because we got a lot of lists being signed. If you if you sign a list, be in the class. Amen. You know how we do it, just in case. <laughs> and then we think we got 50 people. We only got 15. So if you really want it, sign that list. But don't take up somebody else's spot because the class is limited. And every seats are limited. So if you want to do it, please sign it. But what do we want? We want you there, church. Amen. We want you to be there because it's going to bless the kingdom of God. Is that all right? Now, open up your Bible. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. That was read into our hearing, and we're going to say it for, we're going to now read it for emphasis sake. Now, if I forget this last announcement, I'm in trouble because my baby boy is home. Amen. Amen. And so good to see Ian and his wife, Juanisha, and my grandbabies here with them, all the way from California. Amen. Now, that's part one. I know I said all the way from California, but now he's stationed on the East Coast. Right down the street, no folk. Virginia Beach area. And Sister Bethia thinks I'm going to be running up and down that road, but we ain't be running up in that road that much. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's only four hours, love. So good, they be living down there in no folk, and I know they're going to miss the West Coast. They got to get readapted to the East Coast, and, but they're going to be just fine. Juanisha's from Savannah, Georgia, so she, she's going to be good. You're going to be all right on the East Coast, you home? That's right, back in the East Coast home, it's going to be all good, and we thank God for them. And I told Ian he can come to church at least once a month up here, right? Amen. That's what you can do. Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 7. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. The Bible reads, In the meantime, when they were gathered together, an innumerable 
multitude of people, in so much that they strode one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in light. And that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, imagine Jesus saying, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body and after that have no more, that have no more that they can do to you. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath the power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthing? And not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your heads are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. I love that. Because when you look at the text and understand the text, what Jesus is really trying to get the Jews in this great audience to realize is that many times we walk around fearing the wrong stuff. We walk around being petrified of the wrong stuff. Petrified about losing our jobs, petrified about losing our homes, petrified about losing our friends, petrified about losing our money, petrified about losing our retirement benefits. We, we're petrified about a lot of stuff, but too many times we name all this stuff, but don't, don't name the real thing we ought to be petrified of. And the thing that we ought to be petrified of it's not being ready to meet our God. That ought to make us petrified. I like that word. I, I, I mean, you're talking about scared. When you close your eyes and you know showing up, you've been playing games, you ought to be petrified to meet God like that. When you understand the text, Understand what God is saying. Let me let you hear something that I got. I wrote it down, something from Benson. And, and, and it said here, he wrote, when you please God, it doesn't matter whom you displease. But when you displease God, it doesn't matter who you please. The title of my sermon today is, Whom Are You Seeking to Please? Whom are you seeking to please? Jesus, in chapter 12 of the book of Luke, has already started his walk towards Calvary. He is headed, headed into the city of Jerusalem where he's already aware that he will be rejected. He will be lied on. He will be found guilty and he will lose his life. He will be crucified. But one thing about Jesus that I, I hope as his children, we learn the same thing. And that is, is that 
All of us have a destiny that awaits us. Good or bad, we have a destiny. And in Christ Jesus, all of us are here or should be here because we want our destiny to be heaven. And because we want our destiny to be heaven, we have to make sure as we walk in that way towards heaven that we got our priorities straight. That we know the only person we're trying to please is our almighty God. And in pleasing him, if we just so happen to please some folk down here, well, amen, there's a bonus. But in pleasing God, if we cease to offend people because we're pleasing God, then our ultimate stand has to be, I'm going to please my God. So Jesus, right here, knowing he's going to Jerusalem, know he's going to die. He had the opportunity right here to start pacifying folk. He knows the scribes and the Pharisees are sitting right out in their audience. And the Bible just said in verse one, and the audience is innumerable. That means you can't count. How many people are in there? So he still he could have started talking nice. You know how we get real scared. We get like, look, I ain't trying to offend nobody. I just want to say, this is what I think. Y'all don't have to think like that. I think that homosexuality is wrong, but it's just me. I know you might have your own, but Jesus ain't talk like that. That is talking uh, when you're afraid and when you're scared and when you're trying to play the fence and work bold. Jesus ain't trying to play the fence. Jesus went right along and said in verse number one at the bottom, he said, first of all, Beware of the teachings of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. <laughs> Jesus, you're about to die. You're about to go to Jerusalem. I mean, aren't you going to try to make things kind of nice for you? I mean, aren't you going to kind of set it up where, you know, be kinda... Jesus said no. Jesus said no. He said, I must speak the truth because to please man, Overpleasing God leaves me on the outside with God. So he said, watch out for the leaven. That means what? Now, one thing about it. Now, he is talking about the sin, not the sinner. He's saying, watch out for the teachings of the Pharisee. God would that no one perish. He wants scribes, Pharisees, he wants Sadducees, Hellenists, he wants everybody to go. He wants Muslims, Greeks, Jews, he wants everybody to go to heaven. Let me be clear, I don't care what your culture, what your race, what your financial status is, he don't care. He wants everybody to go to heaven. That's God. God said, I made everybody of one blood. You can sit down there and kill each other if you want to, but at the end of the day, you all the same. One blood, red. I ain't never seen nobody bleed no other color. Red. So Jesus is hitting it from that. Then he said in verse 2, for there is nothing covered that shall be revealed. Now, somebody said, well, brother, there, who are these Pharisees? Listen, they are blind, false, teaching religious leaders. They are blind. False teaching religious leaders. 
Well, what about the Roman and everything? Aren't they bad? What about the, the, the sinners and, uh, and, and all these other people? The, what, about, what about kings and potentates and, and presidents and senators? And all that? All that, they lie too. Yeah, that's the world. I ain't talking about the world. I'm talking about those who are supposed to be speaking a word in my name. I'm talking about those who are supposed to be blessing me and honoring me. I'm talking about I'm going to get religious leaders. Because they're supposed to be speaking a word in my name or seeking truth. Oh, church. So God said, I got a special place in hell. For them. He's already warned you, be not many teachers. That's right. That's right. All right. Amen. I feel like Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> then he said in verse 2, for there is nothing covered. Now who he's who he hitting to? The Pharisees. He said, because there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed. He says, Pharisees. He said, I know you frightened, but you're going to be found out. There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. Neither head that shall not be known. One thing about us as Christians, if you haven't learned anything, you heard more sermons in the Lord's church on sowing and reaping than a little bit. We ought to be able to quote those verses about sowing and reaping. We've heard that all our lives. It's a Bible principle and it's still true. Whatever a man sows, that's what you're going to reap. He said, if you sow, listen, if you, and, and, and not just reap, you put orange seeds in the ground. You don't just get orange seeds out of the ground. You get a whole tree. What are you saying, preacher? When you do your little stuff, it come back big. The whole tree. I, don't want, I just want to see. You get the whole. You get the whole tree. But it wasn't that bad. I ain't do all that much. It wasn't that bad. God said, "If wrong is wrong is wrong." That's why you get the whole thing. He used whole nature. The whole nature he used to teach us that. Oh, church. What else you say, Jesus? Verse 3. Therefore, whosoever ye have spoken, therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which ye have spoken in the ear, in closets, Y'all with war room? Go in your closet. But God said, go in your closet, but I'm going to manifest it outside. He said, it shall be proclaimed upon the housetop. Now, after, after saying that, Jesus knew they was like, whoa. So he said, I say unto you, friends, be not afraid of them that can kill the body. And afterward, they have no more than they can do to you. We scared of folk who can kill a body. We say, I don't want to die. I don't want to die either. 
but there's some things worth dying for. And the cause of Jesus Christ is worth all the sacrifices that we have to face. So God said, don't worry about those. They, they, they only can kill you one time. They only can kill you one time. Everybody got to die once. But it's your option if you're going to die twice. Everybody got to die one time. But after that, now you got to, now God going to roll the camera back on your life. So what he said here was, don't be afraid of that. But verse but, but verse number five says, but I will forewarn you, meaning before you die. Let me tell you this why you're in the land of the living. I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. I'm going to tell you who to be afraid of. Now, you might not know who to be afraid of. You're afraid of the wrong folk. He said, I'm going to tell you who to be afraid of. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. That's when the, after he has let you die, now has power to put you in a worse place than death. And that is hell. Some of y'all there don't know that because you remember you may not know this. Because when you die, you don't cease to exist. You transition. Only reason we're afraid of death is because we're afraid of the unknown. If we knew what was going on or the whole process, we wouldn't be as afraid. But because we don't know the whole process, it just looks painful. It looks ugly. It looks like, oh, what a leave me. Oh, what is, oh, what's going to happen? God said, I'm warning you. He said, if you live right and respect and fear God, you don't have to be afraid of death. And even if you are afraid, I will show you when it happened, you didn't have to be. Now that's my children. You didn't have, that was your choice to be afraid to be over anxious. But if you done what you're supposed to do, he said, are you gonna, you're going to transition and then I'm going to give you eternal life. But if you didn't get ready on this side, be afraid. Because when you transition, now you got to meet me. And like any father, yes, I love you, but I told you I will hurt you if you do wrong and rebel against the almighty God. When you understand, we got to make church Calvary a priority. We got to make it a, Jesus made it a priority. The cross has to be a priority. Go to the verse 10 for time's sake. Verse 10 says here, if I, well, you know what? Before you go to verse 10, I, got, I, I, like, I like this number of the hairs on your head. Verse 6 and 7. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two farthing, and not one of them is forgotten before God? What does that mean? Even though we discount sparrows as being cheap, in God's eyes, they're precious. He feeds them and takes care of them on a daily basis. Then he says here, but even the, verse 7, even the very hairs 
of your head are all numbered. You want to know if God knows who you are? You want to know if God has forgotten you? You want to know if God really thinks about you? Jesus just said, God got you. Talk about DNA. He knows every strain of hair. He knows you intimately. Sister Jones, you got 5 trillion, 260 billion, 100 million, 100,000 hairs on your head. Juanisha, you got God, it's God talking to you now. You got one, one trillion, you got a lot of hair. Two trillion. One hundred thousand, one hundred uh, hairs on your head. Jimmy, you got about a million. <laughs> Nine hundred thousand, ninety-nine hairs on your head. He, 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 he knows, he knows, he knows you got brother work. He still knows. He got hair just ain't coming out yet. It's there. And God still knows. It's in the book. He knows the numbers. They can't talk about some God. Have you forgotten me? Do you see my struggles? Do you see what I'm going on? Do you see I don't have no friends? I ain't got no money. I ain't got no love. I ain't got no shelter. I ain't got no food. I don't have to do. Have you forgotten about me? God said, no, child. I know you intimately. I know you're down to every hair on your head. And then he says here, fear not therefore, meaning because I know you that intimately, fear not therefore, in verse 7, ye are more value than many sparrows. God said, you think I love the sparrow? He said, Jesus said, I love you. You are of value to me. And then he said, but make sure you are pleasing me. Make sure you're pleasing the one that can help you at the end. He said, don't be playing games. Then he goes to verse number 10, and he says here, whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man. It shall be forgiven him. Talk about Jesus as the world making fun of him, and he's in all the movies now as a byword, and, you know, he, the name don't mean anything, or, or the name highly offends some other folk just to say the name Jesus, all that stuff going on here. And God said, I'll, I'll forgive you of that. God said, I'll forgive you of that. He said, but against, but unto him that blasphemeth, blasphemeth, keeps on blaspheming, keep on resisting, rejecting, grieving, hurting, blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. My brother, I think he's going to forgive you talking about the name of Jesus, but he's not going to forgive you blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's right. Because it is through the Holy Spirit has he given the scheme of redemption. Everybody is going to be saved. It's going to be saved by the instructions in this book. So therefore, if you continue to blaspheme or reject the instructions in this book, 
to where else you're going to go? To how you going to be forgiven? If you just keep rejecting and rejecting and rejecting the truth of God's word. How are you going to be forgiven? So therefore, it won't be forgiving you. Because you rejected the very thing that can help you. You may have used Jesus' name in vain, but if you change your mind and now he's your Savior and he's your God, God said, I'll forgive you of that. But I can't forgive you if you constantly reject the instructions for the scheme of redemption or the plan of salvation that I've given you. If you reject that, then you're in trouble. Therefore, there can be no forgiveness. Verse 11. And when, and when they bring you unto the synagogue and unto the magistrates, the courts and the judges, and powers, whatever authority, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. That's what he's telling his apostles. That's what he's telling his people that God got you. And you're going to know how to conduct yourself. Amen, amen. In this world, when we go before powers, authorities, and rulers, and bosses, and supervisors, those who have authority of our paycheck or our well-being, God said, he wants you to act right, God said, and if you use my word, you're going to know how to act right. Nobody has no reason who is a Christian to be trying to kill another human being. Amen. None. None. But what about what they did to me? God got that. God said, I'm going to show you how to act. They were trying to kill the apostles. The apostles submitted. Why? Because that was the will of God. Oh, church, that's tough stuff right there. Now, watch this. It is so funny. Because Jesus is preaching all this stuff that makes most people go, whoa, this is some heavy teaching. But do you know there's always somebody who got their mind totally somewhere else? Jesus is talking about life and death. But there's just somebody that got their mind. They ain't even here. Verse 13. What is it, Claiborne? Uh-huh. Master, speak to my brother that he divides the inheritance. Oh. <laughs> Jesus talking all this judgment to come and fear God. And this guy's thinking about money. He's thinking about his inheritance. He's thinking about my brother ain't split the money 50 50 with me. And he's sitting up there waiting for Jesus to get finished. Like, I believe when he paused so I could ask him about this money. Verse 13, there's one in the company who want to ask Jesus to, to, would you, would you mediate this dispute that I'm having with my big brother, that he give me my half of my inheritance. That's how we are sometimes. Sometimes there's life lessons that God is putting right in down the center in our face. I mean, so clear. You can close your eyes and still see it. It's so clear. 
but yet because our hearts and our minds are somewhere other than truth. We're blind to it. Can't hear Jesus talking about the Holy Ghost and talking about fearing God and talking about uh, uh, the, don't worry what men going to do to you. Talk about all this good stuff. He got to jump out there and say, Lord, what about my money? <laughs> That's how we are sometimes. And look here. And then it says here, uh, uh, tell them to divide the inheritance unto me. That's the end of verse 13. And Jesus said unto him, man, that's enough right there to let you know I ain't helping you out. Man, <laughs> who made me a judge or a divider over you? What he's really saying is, is that I know I am the prince of the world. I'm the king of the universe. I am the son of God. I am almighty God. But this ain't my business. This has nothing to do with my purpose, nothing to do with my mission, nothing to do with my goal. Sometimes the world distracts us just like that. He makes stuff happen that ain't really got nothing to do with the kingdom, the church, the house of God, the house of prayer, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Ain't got nothing to do with it. But we want to get distracted and go chasing rabbits. When the whole world is dying from sin. Oh, church have mercy. Jesus told him basically, man, you ain't going to distract me from what I'm doing. If your brother ain't giving you a dime, you're just all right with me. Oh, church. Look what he said here. He said here, verse 15. And he said unto them, watch out. Take heed and beware of covetousness. Jesus being the almighty God who knows the hearts of all men had already read this guy's heart and know that this guy got some stuff, but he ain't get all he wanted. Covetousness is another word for greedy. That means leaving your boundaries and going to somebody else's boundaries. It's covetousness. Stuff that don't belong to you, you want. God already had heart. So God took that time to pause and said, and, and also, since I told you, let me tell you this. That's what God said. Let me tell you all this. Watch out for covetousness. Watch out for trying to gain all this stuff. You want to gain stuff. I need this. I need this. A big house, cars, money, uh, 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 nice vacations and fancy stuff and good retirement planning. Need new shoes, new clothes. Need my nails done. Need my toes done. Need my pedicure. Need my massage. Need my, need all this stuff. And then God tell you right here, watch out for covetousness. Why? Brother Bill, what it say? <laughs> the almighty God said that stuff in the long run when you sitting up in John Hopkins Hospital, University of Maryland, Maryland gentlemen Upper Chesapeake or wherever you go you are not going to be thinking about your 55 inch TV, your 70 inch TV, your Lexus on the parking lot, your house you just bought, you ain't going to be thinking about none of that stuff, you're going to be saying Lord help me right now 
You are not going to be thinking about that stuff. Those are called creature comforts. Yes, we creature comforts has its place, but please don't rank it high. So, brother, there. So, you really don't want to make like two hundred thousand dollars a year? That what you're trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you that if two hundred thousand dollars challenges my walk with God. If it challenges my relationship with my family, if it challenges how God view me, because guess what? Everybody might want to make $200,000 a year, but everybody can't handle. Oh, Lord have mercy. Right now, some of you will let me, I ain't saying all of you, some of y'all. Because right now, I can get in your car and you drive me anywhere I want to. I can be eating a cheeseburger. You be saying, don't drip that and everything. You get that new Rolls Royce? You get the new Lexus? You get the new Ferrari, whatever that thing is? Nice car. Now, folk, everybody can't get in there. You got like this list. Whenever you visit their house and it ain't straight, they ain't never getting in my car. They only can get in the other car. Come on, y'all know, come on now. Some of you right now, 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 listen, I'm not saying nothing is wrong with this. Please don't think, if this what you're doing, it's not a sin. But, sometimes we get spanking new carpet. And all of a sudden, when you come in my house, um, see, some of y'all, y'all just make them take your shoes off. No, it's a bucket of water <laughs> sitting on the side. And it's got, to, now you got to dip your feet in there a couple of times. And then there's towels right there, and you dry your feet off. <laughs> now you can walk on the, now you can walk on the carpet. Now, I'm not saying that's a sin, but I'm saying it's carpet. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all, I, I'm losing some of y'all right now. I'm probably saying I ain't going to agree with that. I, I, I'm telling you right now. Listen, listen, listen. Let me speak to my, my, my generation. When I was a little boy, my mom had the living room set. She had these things called slip covers. Slip cover. You remember plastic covers? <laughs> he said he's too young for that. That's right, that's right, that's right. You know when you lay down and you, you don't fall asleep. And you slob a little bit. Oh. Slip covers. And it's to protect the furniture. I got it. I got, so I understand that something need protecting. But I'm just saying, be careful. The, don't go so far where it's, this thing is so precious. And this car is so precious. And this is so precious. It's like nobody can't touch it or look at it or step on it or sit on it or lie. Oh, Lord have mercy. 
Why? Because God says, don't make stuff like that. Don't be sweating and anxiety. How oh, you got the shoes on? Now listen, a man's life does not, it's not measured by what he got. It measured by what's in here. The heart. The heart. Oh, I'm closing out 1230. I'm closing out. I'm closing out. Here we go. I got, I got closed. I got closed. Then Jesus said, let me tell you the story. He said in verse 15, uh, verse 16, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now, I can't exegete all of this for time's sake, so listen, I'm going to do the important parts. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no more room where to bestow my fruits. I heard I and my about five times already. See, the thing here is, is that don't let stuff get you to the point where you leave God out the picture. Why? Because, listen, whom are you trying to please? Yourself, this guy trying to please himself. Look what he says here. Then he says here, and he said, this will I do. I got, he said, I got a plan. I will pull down my bonds and build greater bonds. And there will I bestow all my fruits and all my goods. I hit God in there one time. I ain't hit God in there one time. Some of us are just like that. When we, it's come time to get offering, gas and electric first, rent first, cell phone first, offered way down here. And God watching from heaven saying, do they know that wherever their treasure is, that that where their heart is, do they, have they read that? Do they know that means that how they give me is an indication of where their heart is about me? Just like if you pay your cell phone before your offering, you're saying my cell phone is more important to me than offering. You are. That's <laughs> what you said. When you pay mortgage first, my mortgage. And some people really feel like that. My, my, my mortgage is more important to me than offering for the Lord. And we forget who gave us the money and the job in the first place. Wasn't it God? Instead of us trying to figure out how, how, how not to give him or how to limit giving him, maybe we need to think about how much should I really give to me? Meaning, how I ought to give him more this is all his. Amen. Instead of giving him 10%, I'm thankful God let me keep 80%. Oh, they ain't get that one. They, they, they said, Brother Thea, it's time to go now. I know. I saw it. I see it. I see it. I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm about to go. 18. And he said this. And he said, this is what I do. I will pull down my bonds. I will build greater bonds. And there will I bestow all my fruits and all my goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul? Thou has much good laid up for myself for many years. I know I'm going to live long. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20, worldly, what does it say? Verse 20 says, but God said to him, uh -huh. 
Hold it right there. God starts out by saying, you are a fool. He said, thou fool. See, some of us thought that was a good plan. I'm just investing. I'm reinvesting. I'm reinvesting. That's a smart man. He's an investor. Well, God said, investing ain't the problem. The problem is, is that he hasn't prepared himself for eternity. So anybody who take care of this side and don't take care of your spiritual side, you are a fool. I ain't call you that, Bible just said that, right there, fool. Because I'm going to leave here and say, he called me a fool. No, no, Bible said, Jesus said it, thou fool. What else he say? This night your soul will be required of you. This is your last night on earth. This night, rich man, your number is up. Not because necessarily what you did, but just because there's a point unto man wants to die. None of us can guarantee we're going to live to tomorrow. No, there's a heart attack waiting for somebody. There's diabetes waiting for somebody. There's cancer waiting for somebody. There's AIDS waiting for somebody. There's Zika waiting for somebody. It's real. So we got to be prepared for this side. He said, thou fool, your soul will require of you that night. And what else? Now, what's going to happen to all your money? What's going to happen to all your money? You can't, you ain't even be doing nothing with you in the hospital. You can't even talk no more. Children in there, they talking about it. They, the children talking about it. Children talking about it. I'm just telling you, children talking about it. I mean, they love you. They love you, but if you got a nice car, they already, somebody already think about, you know, who got dead car. I mean, they love you. They don't want you to go, but you know, it's, it's real. You know, who got the car, you know? You know? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, no, they not. Yeah, yes. We're human beings. We shouldn't be thinking about that, but it crossed their mind. Who got the house? Who got the bank account? Well, whose name is on that bank account? I wonder whose name was on that bank account. That's a lot of money for nobody's name on that bank account. Well, he better not be leaving it to. Church, God is saying in that text, that's no longer your business. Amen. Meaning, I don't care how much money you got in the bank, when he call your number, that's no longer your business. Amen. You just better make sure you sent up enough timber. You just make sure that you helped enough people and loved enough people and been there for enough people and, 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 and shared and, and, and gave fruit and did all the stuff you need to do. Live the right life and love God and be the best family you can be and, and take care of, do his word and honor his word and fear him. Amen. So when you go, you got enough stuff that you sent up to heaven that will help you when you see his face to say to you, I saw your stewardship. I saw how you handled what I gave you. I gave you that $200,000 job and you did well. You did good. You handled it right. Money wasn't everything with you. I gave you that million dollars job and you did right by it. Money wasn't everything. Now, most folk, rich people, they ain't gonna say, I was like, there's some though. Amen. Abraham, Job, those guys, they did right Amen. by their wealth. Amen. And he's gonna say, Come in to the joy of the Lord. Amen. Now, if you're out there, that's my sermon. I'm done. I'm tired and I'm done. 
too. So if you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, I brought you this sermon today because I want us to start thinking about making sure we're pleasing God. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening in our lives, church. A lot of stuff that's going to try to distract you. Don't let it distract you. Because if you please somebody else over than God, then you're going to be in trouble. You please God. And whatever else everybody else say, they just got to say it. You please God. That you may see his face in peace. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, hear God's word, believe God's word. Repent of your sin, confess your faith in Christ, and come get yourself baptized into Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I know the innumerable number was shocked when he preached that sermon. But he preached a sermon like that because he loved those people. And he wants them to be right when they meet God. And he wants them to fear God. You must please God, church, and serve God. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation and you want to obey the gospel right now because you don't know when your day is up, you need to be saved right now. Today is the day of salvation. What do you do? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, won't you come right now as we all stand and say the hymn of invitation to give somebody out there the opportunity to obey God. Jesus is tenderly calling thee home. Calling today, today. You know, in verse 1 and 2 of that chapter 12 of Luke, when Luke said, watch out for the Pharisees, for their hypocrisy. See, the Pharisees looked real good on the outside. The Pharisees in our days would be those folk, they just shout all over the place. They'd be gone. Woo, you'd be saying, they can go. They, I know they got the Holy Ghost. Or they'd be saying, ha 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 who had richly stirred my heart unto his infinite wisdom because he saw. See, that's, that's what you see outside. See, but you got to look deeper. When you look at their life, if they're the same folk that are shallow on Sunday and cuss you out on Monday, that's a Pharisee. And that's the same folk that will, that will, that will shallow on Sunday and lie. On Monday. See, I grew up in that church. I said, I could, I, I, y'all said, he beat up the night. I come from there. I seen shouting, speaking in tongues. I seen other languages other than tongues. I seen walking the pews and all that. I've been there. And I thought that was, oh, that's holiness right there. But I've seen the same folk. You make what's more the next day, they'll fight you. I see the same folk that will shun you. And that's what these Pharisees were. They look good on the outside. That's why God ain't concerned about shouting. He, he made all the tongues. He ain't about no tongues. Folks speaking in tongues, they can't even love you in English. God ain't concerned. That's us. That's us. Now, if you don't believe me, read your Bible. That's why God jumped on, or Paul jumped on the first Corinthian church. Because that's exactly how they were. They had all these gifts and were abusing them. Not realizing that the last gifts that God's going to judge us by is going to be faith, hope, and love. That's what you're looking at right now. Your faith, 
That means your teaching and your doctrine coming from the Bible, your hope that you believe he's coming back, and your love one another. Amen. That's what he's looking at now. And, that's, and, and it's easier to speak in tongues than it is to do that. But that's what he's looking at now. And if you're out there and you know that you need to change something in your life, change your walk to get ready to meet God, then whom are you trying to please? Are you trying to show off so people can say, oh, you so righteous? Or are you going to get real and try to live this thing and do what God told you to do and praise his high and holy name and give him the glory? And then one day he'll say, well done. So if you're out there, you want to start today. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We'll sing one more stanza of them. Jesus is pleading, oh, listen to his voice. He's Able. my Jesus. Won't you come right now? Jesus is calling ye home. He is tenderly calling today. Whom are you trying to please? Amen.